2: This is the Rodawire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Helton.
1: Hey, everybody! Welcome to the Monday, November sixth edition of the Rodawire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. Joining me today, Jake Lutarski, in for the traveling. Derek Van Riper. Derek went to first pitch Arizona to talk fantasy baseball all weekend. So, football
2: wise, Jake, he would have been useless to us, right? Yeah, I think he spent pretty much the whole thing doing baseball drafts and uh, drafting baseball. They did do some cool stuff out there. If you're a baseball fan, I know him and, and Todd Zola, Tim Keaney, Clay Link, James Anderson, our prospect guy. All of those guys were out there. They did a bunch of cool shows and cool podcasts. So if you're baseball guys, check it out. But if you're football guys, John and I, we got you covered today. We,
1: we do. All right. So did you have any um, – the two guys who blew people up yesterday, Leonard Fournette and A.J. Green. Leonard Fournette was a surprise mm-hmm. inactive due to disciplinary issues. Uh, A.J. Yes. Green got in an early fight with Jalen Ramsey. Did you get mm-hmm. burned by either? I would guess if yeah. you are paying attention, you got burned more by, by Green than Fournette because if you were watching
2: mm-hmm. Sunday at noon, you took Fournette yep. out. Yeah, because at least you knew, and I think you can go ahead and add Mike Evans to the list. I think he had, maybe had one catch for 13 yards. Right. I don't believe he didn't. I don't believe he got tossed, but he threw an equivalent amount of punches as AJ Green. Yeah. So whatever that counts for. Um, but yes, I had I had AJ Green in one league. I'm going to be okay as long as Jordy Nelson doesn't score 22 PPR points tonight, which is painful because I'm a Packer fan. And then the Mike Evans league, I, I won pretty handily thanks to some Jay Cutler garbage time. So Jay, life's good there.
1: Jay Cutler, who? How many other people I, got? Jay Cutler helped them to a win. That's pretty good. I had
2: I had Deshaun Watson, and I cut Tyrod Taylor. I had cut Derek Carr. I was like, why would I bother with any of those guys the rest of the season? I don't need the roster spots. And then, of course, you know. After Fab clears, Deshaun Watson, the terrible, terrible news. And now I'm back to square one and quarterback in that league. You know, it was basically between Cutler or Brett Hundley tonight or I don't don't even know. It was just terrible options. It was too late really to pick up Tyron Taylor because he needed to clear waivers. So it was a rough week. But uh, uh, Cutler this week, it's streamed the rest of the way out for me. So on our Waiver Wire podcast, I'll be paying extra special attention to streaming options. All right.
1: Um, And everybody, Doug Marone already said – uh, that Leonard Fournette should play Week 10. It sounds like it was I I don't know if he was late to a meeting. I don't know the exact details, but...
2: Um, they sat it was, him. It's over. It was multiple things. Because I was doing, I was kind of watching the inactives on Sunday morning here, uh, you know, while I was prepping for the live chat. And with Fortnite, it was, you know, m- missing a meeting. Maybe a team photo had something to do with it. That's what I kept seeing popping up. So it was a culmination of multiple things that Marone just finally had to take a stand and say you couldn't play and set an example for the rest of his team.
1: Yeah, Tom Coughlin, Doug Marone, those are guys you do not want to mess with in terms of uh, missing meetings or being two minutes late or whatever. So, um, hope Leonard Fournette learned a lesson on that one. Everybody check us out on Twitter. Uh, Jake's at Jake 52. I'm actually hopin 37. You can also tweet us at RotoWire. and get our newsfeed at roto NFL and, uh, find plenty of news on Facebook as well. All right. We're going to review the Sunday games. Um, and then we're going to take a look at, at tonight's game. Colts Texans, uh, Texans got it down to the wire. They almost scored. Um, Tom Savage drew some bad passes in the end zone there. But um, uh, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of news from that game. T.Y. Hilton, welcome back, T.Y. Hilton. Thank you for finally – they actually said last week they needed to
2: get him the ball more, and, man, they weren't lying. Yeah, and, and the nine targets, a team high right up there with your boy Jack Doyle. And, I mean, some of that – the one touchdown, the long touchdown he had where he he fell down – or he didn't fall yeah. down, but he he wasn't touchdown. And then he kind of he okie doke the guy he like like made it seem like he had been touched down. So the guy turned around, then he got back up and took off for the end zone. That was that was impressive. I can't decide if that's fluky or impressive. What do you think, John?
1: I think it was a little <laughs> of both. I mean, I'll take yes. the touchdown <laughs> from as a fantasy owner of T Y Hilton. Um, but yeah, five for seventy five. That was a weird play. Um, thank goodness for his fantasy once you got in. As you mentioned, my man Jack Doyle. He's just mm-hmm. that, that guy. It might catch hundred passes.
2: Yeah, he continues to be uh, an absolute PPR factor without a doubt. And, uh, you know, like you said, top five tight end right on the edge there. I think he's getting there with the way that some of the tight ends have been underperforming or other ones that have been being injured. You know, Zach Ertz, the big news injury news this this week didn't matter for the Eagles, but we'll get to that in a bit. But, yeah, Jack Doyle is going to be a valuable asset worth owning. I missed my bid on him. I undercut him. I only bid $11, and I'm already regretting it.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, Jack Doyle, everybody. Last four games, 7, 6, 12, and 8 catches Um, As we talked about top five, I mean, after the big three, which is is Gronk, Ertz and Kelsey. uh, I mean, other than maybe Ingram, I think you're
3: Mm -hmm. I think
1: that's it. I don't know about I don't don't put him. I I would guess Jimmy Graham's going to get more red zone
2: chances, but I Mm -hmm. still overall would take my, my man Jack. Jimmy Graham did get his touchdown streak snap this week, and then, and then there's yeah there's a, there's a couple other guys that are in there. I think uh, when Greg Olson comes back, he'll yeah. work his way back into that conversation. He's expected back week 12, but uh, for now, guys that are healthy and active, uh, then, then you can definitely throw Doyle in there. All
1: right. Um, the other side of that game, if you look at the running backs, um, Lamar Miller, Deontay Foreman had one more carry than Lamar Miller. Miller had a few catches. Snap count wise, Foreman only played 20 snaps. So so at least Foreman was back in the mix after being invisible in week eight. So, so yeah. he's still, if you're looking to stash or you're looking
2: for the sidekick in that situation, it appears to be Foreman again. Yeah, it's absolutely tough to stash a player like that when you have six teams on bye and you're scrambling to figure it out. And, of course, look at Lamar Miller, who played 52 with the team's 71 snaps. So it it seems like they're only on the field for one or two snaps. So basically when Foreman was on the field, he was getting the ball. Um, I like him as a stash. I like his durability. I like how people can't bring him down on the first hit. But it's going to be tough to carve out pure fantasy relevance as long as Lamar Miller is leading the way. And Lamar Miller was once again more effective. All
1: right, let's go to Bengals Jags. Um, we talked about A.J. Green already. That was a huge disappointment for his owners. Um, Jalen Ramsey got a, got a raw deal on that one.
2: Yeah, I I thought that was rough. I mean, it was pretty apparent that A.J. Green was watching UFC 217 this weekend at the Garden, (laughs) taking after taking after George St. Pierre, choking out Michael Bisping, taking the back and going for the neck. Uh, uh, So who knows? Maybe he's getting a call from Dana White pretty soon. But what's for sure is he's probably getting a little letter from the league office with a potential suspension in play as well.
1: Yeah, we're going to have to watch any any news on that this week. Otherwise, uh, Joe Mixon again. I mean, 13 for 31. He got a touchdown, but. Um, The Joe Mixon breakout. We're nine weeks in, and it has not happened. Uh, His offensive line has plenty to do with that. Um, In Fournette's stead, again, don't box score watch too much because it might tempt you to pick up Chris Ivory. Do not, please, unless you Mm were handcuffing late in the season for Fournette. Fournette will be back in Week 10, and that'll be, you know, Chris Ivory won't be able to help you. Um, Mm -hmm. The other guy in this game, uh, Marquis Lee. As a PPR guy, I mean, when he went eight for 75 and one. I know he's been a bit inconsistent, but generally as a as a maybe, you know, flexi type in PPR leagues, he's been pretty solid.
2: Yeah, and uh, I know a lot of fantasy owners that needed to play him this week, given the the dire bye week situation. I still think, and I'm going to stick to that Marquis Lee is the best pass-catching option on this team, and uh, I think that's that's pretty clear cut. Uh, I like it better than Alan Hearns for Fantasy value rest of season. Of course, Allen Robinson, uh, not a non-factor with the early season injury, but their whole game plan changes when Leonard Fournette's there. Uh, you know, they still ran the ball 40 times with, with Ivory getting 20 carries, Yeldon getting 11, Ivory uh, actually slightly less effective than Yeldon, but clear Ivory was the lead guy. Like you said, if you're box score reading, don't pick him up. When you see Fournette's out, you maybe throw him in there if he's like 4,500 on DraftKings for Ivory. Um, and, and he had an okay day. I think he had maybe 14 PPR points or something along those lines. But um, but overall, it's going to be back to normal where they're going to give the ball to Fournette 30 times if they can as long as the game flow allows them to do that. And, and if not, then we start to see maybe Lee get some targets, Lee and Hearns. But uh, but for the most part, I don't I do I don't mind Lee someone to own. I don't think uh, you can he's, – he's worth owning in a 12-team league, I guess, is what i'm trying to say gotcha
1: okay um yeah leave so far 32 for 438 and a touchdown so you could do worse um other than that in this game yeah there's there's, there's really not a lot fantasy wise there's not a lot to talk about except the jags defense which if it helps you again if your defense if your scoring system includes special teams because they had that punt return touchdowns a uh, Bucks saints next uh, the bucks are bad remember remember eight weeks ago we thought the bucks were going to be sort of one of those trendy breakout possibilities they are just mm-hmm. they're bad
2: yeah it's been rough and and james winston not being healthy isn't helping things i actually had a, a winston i know that winston was dealing with the injury but i had a winston stack and i told a couple people on the live chat man you got to start winston over Goff, right because on paper that seems like it makes sense right they yeah, I have been in the dome uh against the Saints defense that improving but but not exceptional by any means uh and and man did, did was i wrong on that one but uh you know again it was wrong due to injury so i can't fault too bad there, but uh, I am a little bit concerned about this being a lingering issue with Jamison.
1: Yeah, so right now, I'm going to check the news on this real quick. As of right now, it, it doesn't, say, his outlook for week 10 is, is, does not look great. Right. Um, you're going to have to keep your eye on that all week if you own Jamison and you're thinking about starting him. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, in this game, Doug, Doug, Martin, Doug Martin got nothing done either. I mean, this yeah, is, a, it, I mean, it, you know, they were getting blown out. Peyton Barber came in and ran just kind of sort of okay. But, uh, you know, since it was a blowout, we probably shouldn't read too much into that, except the fact that Doug Martin's going to be inconsistent.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that too. And then I also like to try to take a look at the pass catching options, which was tough. I mean, Mike Evans led the way with six targets, but he's in that A.J. Green boat where he threw some punches. He, you know, it's still to this day, I cannot I cannot fathom why someone thinks it's a good idea to punch someone that's wearing a helmet. But uh, (laughs) but 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 Mike Evans is guilty of that, and he somehow you know evaded uh, ejection in this game, and because he evaded ejection, he might be just in the same boat with AJ Green. I'm worried that he's at risk of a suspension, so maybe we start to talk about some of those secondary options on uh, on our waiver wire show tomorrow. But uh, for now, nobody's really standing out.
1: Right, and and uh, by the way, this game the Buc- the Bucks host the Jets, so uh, next week, I mean, yeah, it could be mm-hmm. a Ryan
2: Fitzpatrick, Josh McCown. So. Yeah. Do you, do you think Fitz Magic wants a little revenge on his former team? Yeah, or is that even a narrative?
1: Fitz revenge yeah. narrative, there's always a narrative. I, I was yes. going for the Roberto Aguayo revenge narrative the, a couple of weeks ago with the <laughs> Panthers, so I'm going for any narrative I can grab.
2: All right. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's run with that
1: one, John. All right. Um Rams Giants, uh, the Giants are a complete dumpster fire, certainly. Is Robert Wood Robert Woods is 33% owned on Yahoo. This guy this year is eight games he's 31 for 451 is is he at i don't know about must own in a 12 teamer i have him in one is he the type of guy that you should try to own because basically watkins gets the get gets the coverage from the good corner if a team has one i mean the giants didn't really have one yesterday because jenkins was out but Mm -hmm. you know patrick peterson was on him uh i guess last week and and if watkins gets the good corner robert wood's He's doing pretty well. Last four games, 5-5-5-4 catches. The guy's really fast. I mean, is he the type of guy, I know we're going to talk waivers tomorrow. Are you looking to pick him up if you haven't already?
2: I think as the bye week period starts to lighten up, the appeal of someone like Woods maybe lessens a little bit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do like the consistency in terms of receptions and targets that he's getting, which is perfect when you need someone to just try to get you, you know, 10, 12 points on a bye week. Um, but these were his first two touchdowns of the season right. uh, in, in week nine. And, you know, I, I normally think relatively highly of the Giants secondary, but missing Janoris Jenkins uh, clearly was was a factor. And, and you know, I'm not entirely sure how sustainable The Woods production is because his big, long touchdown play, the one uh, where it was third and 33, um, you know, it was one of those screen passes that was just blocked perfectly. And and I think that some defenses are going to be able to defend that a little bit better than than any pleated worn down uh, Giants unit here. So uh, there is some appeal, but. With the Rams, it's so tough with the receivers because I I know fantasy owners that don't even trust starting Sammy Watkins on a on a consistent basis because oh, he right. can be so boom or bust. And then there are going to be games where Cooper Cup cuts into the target share as well. Um, I mean, he was only targeted five times. Uh, Woods was five times. Watkins only had two targets, but one of them was that 69-yard bomb. They never really had to throw the ball much in the later stages of that game. So uh, Woods, you know, maybe a little bit boom or bust. I could see owning him in a 12-team league. Unfortunately, he was started against me in a 14-team team league this Ouch. week uh yeah brutal and, and you know it's someone that that owner would never start for the rest of the year at all but because so many people were on buys he had to and you know th- then i ended up paying the price for that one so it'll, it'll happen here and there and i think woods will have games but because these were his first two touchdowns i'm not ready to go nuts yet if you can get him for cheap um then maybe but you know i'm not gonna go ahead and decide it's time to spend double digit fab or anything like that
1: yeah i think you're right um other news and that game we mentioned sammy Watkins, not a lot of work but one catch, 67-yard touchdown. Not too shabby for your fantasy production. He was okay if you started him. And Jared Goff, huge game with only 22 attempts in this blowout. 14 out of 22, 311, four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a nice day, Jared Goff. Falcons-Panthers, are you a Julio owner in any formats? I'm not.
2: No, I'm not a Julio owner because I knew it was, a, it was a very, very high price tag. And, you know, not that I don't like Julio, but he doesn't score enough. You know, for, that's been the mantra over the years. Is he's not looked too in the red zone much, um, and uh, you know, and on top of that, then there was the change in offensive, uh, offensive coordinator here for Atlanta, going to Steve and I wasn't know if that was going to affect anything. So there's a little bit of an uncertainty factor. Still had an okay fantasy game. Julio, if you're just looking at the box score, caught six of twelve targets for 118 yards, but he dropped a surefire touchdown oh. that could have that could have put his fantasy line way over the edge, giving fantasy owners what they crave. But man, did he choke that one! away
1: man what what was i mean he no one was within 15 yards of him
2: on that touchdown no no down too right yeah it hit him right in the hands as well and it was yeah it was it was it was a do or die type of play and i i don't know what happens what 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 gets into the the head of a professional athlete when you can't make you know the simplest play that your position will get in the best opportunities so that was a brutal one for julio jones owners to watch
1: yeah i mean I, i was gonna say for at six for 118 I was going to say you can't complain about Julio Jones, but after that drop, you certainly can complain about Julio mm-hmm. Jones. Um, on the Panther side of things, um, they didn't throw a ton. With Kelvin Benjamin gone, um, Curtis Samuel was on the field a lot. Here's the thing. he's only th- He was only three for 23. Funchess was five for 86, um, so he was sort of the number one. Samuel, only three for 23, and he ran the ball once, but Samuel was actually on the field for for one more snap than Funches. He was on the field a lot, so, so he's going to – I still think, you know, it, it It sounds maybe too easy and a little lazy to make mm-hmm. the Ted Ginn comp for when Ted Ginn was at the Panthers. But I think that, I mean, that's probably what they're looking for from Samuel to take the top off. And so, some games he's going to catch those 60-yard scores. I, they're going to try to get him involved. As far as the running game goes, Jonathan Stewart, not on the field a heck of a lot. Um, I think his snap count, I thought I wrote, it was the lowest of the season for him.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're, you're a Panthers fan. It's because of the, uh, it's the fumbles, right?
1: Yeah, it, it, I mean, I don't think they're too worried in the long term about him because he has not historically been a fumbler. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just they're not it, – it, I mean, they haven't been blocking that well for him, but he's not running well either. And, I, and, and it's hard to know whose fault it is. Maybe for, maybe for someone smarter than me would know that better. Um, McCaffrey ran well, though, finally. I mean, it's nice to see for him because he – I mean, in mm-hmm. so many games, it was you know, three carries for eight yards – and, and finally he was over four yards carry, had the running touchdown on that sort of, you
2: know, option play, but, uh, he looked good. Yes, and, and his value, you know, for the first eight weeks was pretty much limited to PPR formats. Unless he scored, which it took him a while to do, he he wasn't anything to get excited about in a standard league. Uh, now I start to get excited, uh, you know, that he finally got more carries than Stewart. Um, uh, you know, I'll trust you if uh, if you said that they're going to trust Stewart going back to him. Uh, he did lose two fumbles in this game. That's what I was referring to, and, and yeah, you know, that could have been costly in a game that was decided by three points. But uh, I'm very optimistic about starting McCaffrey uh, the rest of the way. The way out in in a team that uh, I think I'm bound for the playoffs and, and and he'll be out there and he'll be productive. I think I can count on him.
1: Now you th- see that's that's interesting because I don't know after yesterday if I'm sold yet. There've been so many bad running games from him. I don't know if I'm sold. They play Miami yeah. Monday night next week, by the
2: way. Mm-hmm. So okay, okay, that yeah, that's that's definitely fair. Um, but you know, in a PPR league, especially, I really like what the what the floor is yep, there. Absolutely, on a basis. I
1: agree. And, and as far as Stewart goes. I don't know that the that the issue on the on the playing time was necessarily the fumbles, but I don't know at this point how much I trust them going back to him more either just because McCaffrey ran well and he's not running well. But I, that, that's something I want to watch over the course of the week. Broncos Eagles, man, the Broncos. <laughs> I think Von Miller said best after
2: the game. He's like, can't blame the offense for this one. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah. the defense was so bad. Mm-hmm. This game, for me at least, in a microcosm, was a perfect illustration of how frustrating fantasy can be sometimes and how frustrating it can be this year. Because the Denver Broncos, as a run defense, have have not given up a single rushing touchdown on the ground. They were second, uh, second to only Cleveland Browns somehow in, in yards per carry allowed. Uh, just a stellar run defense. And then in comes Jay Ajayi, who's been there for less than a week, has not scored a touchdown all season. And lo and behold, he gets his first touchdown. I mean, even in a heavy bye week, I benched Jay Ajayi for for Jalen Richard just because I thought Richard might get some points and Ajayi would be barely used. Another one that I didn't quite hit on the head this week, but uh, it does it does bode well for Ajayi's outlook moving forward with this new team.
1: Yeah, I think I think your process was good on Ajayi because he was only on the field for 17 snaps. Basically, they said before coming into the game, "Look, we 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 got him. We've got him set up with a small package of plays." And he's not going to play that much. I mean, I took him out in the league, too. And, you know, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? I mean, the guy does that. And, he, you know, he has that huge run for the touchdown. Right. But yeah, you're right. It is. A, is definitely a good sign. Um, I mean, Corey Clement got three touchdowns, but he that was blowout related. I, I yes. think so. You know, we can't read too much into that other than they won't be shy about giving him some snaps, too. I think mm-hmm. that's your, maybe your takeaway from that. Yeah. with mean, with blunt there.
2: Yeah, my takeaway is just uh, congratulations to a former Wisconsin Badger. Who, uh, <laughs> Badgers undefeated, by the way. So you know, I'll, I'll throw that in uh, yet again. But uh, but overall, man, uh, I'm going to feel very confident starting to jive in my in my lineups the rest of the week. And and um, you know, looking at the Philadelphia wide receivers. Elshon Jeffrey had a huge game when so many fantasy owners benched him. I actually benched him in one place, started him in one place because I had to. Boy, was I glad I did. Uh, Going up against that tough Denver defense, I didn't think he'd be able to do a whole lot. But in the absence of Zach Ertz, he was looked to in the end zone zone and and had a longer score as well. So a very, very productive day out of Elshon Jeffrey. Fantasy owners have been waiting for it.
1: Yes, and and any time, by the way. If you find out late, Zach Ertz was a bit of a surprise inactive. I know he was questionable, but we probably all expected him to play based on the news reports we are hearing. Anytime Zach Ertz gets yanked from you like that, just go get Trey Burton because they like, they like using him. He's fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, he only caught two yeah. passes, but he caught a touchdown, and they're not shy about playing him. So he, he's, he's a perfectly serviceable replacement if you ever l- lose Zach Ertz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely mm-hmm. Burton over
2: someone like Selleck.
1: Right. Um, the other thing in that game, on the other side, and again, with a blowout like this, it's hard to say. But I think South Pelantonio said before Sunday morning, there was a report that he said, I'm expecting to see more out of Devontae Booker. And mm-hmm. we did see Devontae Booker. I mean, six for 21 rushing, caught a couple of passes last year. They used him out of the backfield, catching the ball a bit. Um, if you're a C.J. Anderson owner, I, think, I feel like we ask this every week.
2: If you're a C.J. Anderson owner, are you worried? Yeah, I'm I'm incredibly worried, and I've been worried since the start of the year. And I'm I'm in the unfortunate position of owning C.J. Anderson in a 14-team league where where running backs are are real real shallow, and and I'm gonna have a very tough time replacing him. I'm looking at a like a Matt Forte, Orleans starqua combination, or maybe Theo Riddick and non PPR. Like that's what my alternatives are. Right. And uh, so I'm throwing out C.J. Anderson in most weeks with the hope that they get this fixed out it fixed in a 14 teamer but in a 12 teamer you just you can't start him unless you're just absolutely desperate. Right.
1: Um Emmanuel Sanders came back, didn't do much, but he's healthy so that should be okay. They're playing the Patriots on Sunday night. I think that game's in Denver. It is in Denver. Um mm-hmm. All right, everybody. FanDuel is fantasy football for everyday fans. New contests start every week, so you have no busted seasons. You're 0-9 right now in your fantasy league. That's okay. You can just crank it up on FanDuel, and you got a clean slate. Um, there's something for everyone. Plenty of contests to choose from starting at just $1. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score real time. Um, I've been a FanDuel player for a while. Um, you know, it, it, at Daily Fantasy, we talk about that. FanDuel makes every game more exciting. You, get to, you know, It kind of makes you watch Sunday a little differently. Um, this coming week, I was actually looking at the salaries out already. I, mm-hmm. Carlos Hyde, what did he catch, nine passes yesterday? Um, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So they're playing the Giants at home. If the Niners are going to win one, there you go, Niners. Carlos Hyde. I mean, look, I know the Giants' run defense can be good, but, I mean, Vernon was out again yesterday. you got to wonder at this point. I'm, I'm never one to question players' heart or or, or guts or anything like that. But you got to wonder if the Giants are going to start going through the motions, especially making a big, long trip like that. That's a scary one. Carlos Hyde at 6,700 among running backs. Doesn't sound like too bad of a deal
2: yeah it doesn't sound like too bad of a deal but he's another one that the league might actually review some disciplinary stuff because he got tossed on sunday as well he did part of that yeah the whole nfl was watching that ufc on saturday uh <laughs> you know watching three belts change hands and whatnot they thought they could go out there and do it themselves too i, I don't believe he threw any punches i didn't see it so uh I, I guess we'll wait and see but this was a case where his quarterback took a hit and he came out you know if anything were to happen then maybe matt breed is a good fan duel play because you're going to get him around the minimum price of about 4500 against the team that's maybe ready to pack it in so So who knows the situation to continue watching throughout the week?
1: Yeah. Hyde. I felt like Hyde. I was watching that Hyde got hit first by Rucker. I think some other people came in Mm -hmm. and then Rucker came in and just threw and and hit Hyde Mm -hmm. hard. And then Hyde, it looked when he got up, you were kind of going, they still could have won that game. And I was kind of going, don't hit him back. Don't hit him back. And he went up and he hit him back.
2: Yeah, of so. course. Yep. So I mean for yeah, for in fairness, Assan Reddick and Frosty Rucker also got tossed from that game. So ejections all across the board in the NFL. That's the theme of week nine so far. Yeah,
1: really. All right. So over two and a half million players have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel. So to take advantage of our special offer for new users. Sign up today at fanDuel.com slash RW. You get a free six month Rotowire subscription plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday million which offers one, more than $1 million in cash prizes with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RW. Void where prohibited. Thanks a lot, FanDuel. All right. We're going to get to Ravens Titans next. Um, Corey Davis played. He came back okay. and played. He was not fantasy productive, but he was on the field for 77% of the snaps. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I would think, combine that, he was only two for 28, Five targets. But remember, in week one, before he got hurt, he was six for 68 on 10 targets. I tend to think we could I, I'm not shy about Corey Davis coming up in week. Are they off in week 10? They're not off No, coming up in week 10 against the Bengals.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a matchup that I might look to target and I might have to target because of uh, depending on what happens with uh, with Mike Evans. But the fact that he this was his first week back in practice, he came in and was looked at five times in a relatively close game. Uh, You know, that's tied in targets with Delaney Walker. Only Rashard Matthews had more. This is good enough. A lot of fantasy owners weren't throwing him out there anyway, you know, unless it was maybe a desperation scenario. But this is good enough to be uh, for me to not feel too bad about starting him if I have to moving forward, because I'd like to get ahead of that breakout game if possible, because, you know, it's coming. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, The other one, the running backs there. I mean, it was a close game. DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry, you look at the production and you think, well, you know, it was pretty close and Henry was better. You look at the snaps, DeMarco Murray on the field for two times the snaps of Derrick Henry, so he would still be the play going forward, even though he'd probably not getting the ball as much as you'd like.
2: Yeah, in terms of, of rushing yards allowed, Baltimore it was actually near the bottom of the league, so I thought maybe one of those backs would be an okay okay DFS play. And and Henry, the cheaper one, turned out to be the better one, whereas DeMarco Murray, uh, not a whole lot going on there. Uh, but you know, looking at the backs on the other side of the ball, uh, we kind of had this right in the show. Alex Collins getting the majority of the carries with Terrence West again inactive, but, uh, but Javorius Allen had a superb day at least in PPR formats for me, he had just under 20 points in the PPR format where I had to start him because he caught seven balls for 44 yards and a score. Right. Uh, I'm actually,
1: um, the the other side of that one, you're right. I'm actually looking at the next game. I was jumping ahead by the Mm -hmm. way. I'll confess Cardinals 49ers or the next game. I was actually looking to see if Kyle Shanahan said anything about Jimmy Garoppolo for week 10. Um, he mm-hmm. said last week things to the effect of, well, he might not even play this season. OK, and um, as Shanahan said after the game, it'd be a week to week proposition. Um, but, he, but last week he said things like, you know, hey, he might not play. When I was watching CJ Beathard yesterday, I kept looking going. If Garoppolo doesn't start in week 10, I will be shocked.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Beathard didn't quite get it done. I mean, when you go out there, don't throw any touchdowns. One interception get sacked five times throw out a quarterback right into 57 and complete less than 50% of your passes. Uh, and you have someone like Garoppolo that you just gave up a second round pick for on the bench. You know, I, I understand not starting him this week, giving him a chance to learn the playbook and everything, but you just acquired this guy. You need to see what you've got from him before you start considering moves like even a franchise tag because he is a free agent. And you'll have to resign him. And if you can't reach a deal, you pretty much have to tag the guy that you just gave up a second round pick for. So it's going to be time to see what they get out of Garoppolo sooner or later. Yeah, I agree.
1: I, and again, I, I mean, if you're Kyle Shanahan, and you're sitting there, you probably go, all right, maybe I don't want this. Maybe I don't want to rush the guy, but geez, I got a chance to win a game here. And, you know, mm-hmm. so let's let the guy play. I, yes, I think. That, mm-hmm. all right. that's how it's got to be. Um, other side of that one, Adrian Peterson. Do I need to take the L on Adrian Peterson on uh, him being good? Because the first week was really good. The second week was not good at all. And, you, and I thought this week, I actually thought the Niners could win this game, which might mm-hmm. mean that Peterson would play less or something. But nah, this is uh, mm-hmm. and P, thir, 37 for 159. I
2: cannot say anything bad about this guy anymore. Yeah, uh, the the ageless wonder at 32 years old conti- continues to carry a team. And, and with Drew Stanton at the helm, uh, you know, that kind of negates some of Larry Fitzgerald's ability. And that makes Adrian Peterson, dare I say, their best offensive player at, at this point. And, and they're going to cont- continue to rely on him quite heavily. Now, are they anticipating a David Johnson return? Because uh, and then, then they're just going to give him the rock stop because they know they have reinforcements coming i don't know david johnson says he wants to play the coach seems non-committal on it uh the team is four and four so you can't really quite say that they're out of it yet um so that makes things interesting to see how this uh, situation develops the rest of the way out
1: yep um otherwise in that and nothing much else going on in that one um redskin seahawks what a wacky ending that was Mm
2: -hmm. that
1: was yeah i was watching that one too and uh I mean, you know, when Seattle scored the, you know, the touchdown with what was at a minute left, we said, all right, done. It's over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It didn't work out that way. Um, mm-hmm. So Eddie Lacy started, but then he had a groin injury. I mean, he was just running so-so. Groin injury came out. So uh, hard for us to take anything away from the, the Seahawks rushing attack. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, in this game, let's say <laughs> Rob Kelly. So 14 carries, 18 yards and two touchdowns yeah I hope I hope someone out there started it and got that bonus the touchdown bonus there
2: Mm -hmm. yeah it it seems like regardless of what his yards per carry is or how he looks he will be the number one back in Washington as long as he's healthy of course that's that that got affirmed and and it makes him someone that you probably can't really drop
1: right Uh, I I agree with you Um, the other thing in that game I mean the Redskins they were without was it still three linemen Uh, something like that Um, they were without Reed they were without Jameson Crowder and they got it done. I mean, you know, a little the fourth quarter was a little crazy mm-hmm. there, but uh Kirk Cousins had a not a great fantasy day, but a solid real football day. Mm-hmm. Um Uh, Vernon Davis, any uh, another one we talked earlier about the, you know, the Trey Burton sub for Ertz. Anytime Reed is out, Vernon
2: Davis is absolutely in play as a top 12, 12 tight end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a lock uh, for sure. And then uh, I just want to hit on Josh Doxson real quick because we always seem to talk about him on every show. Three catches for 59 yards on five targets. I admittedly thought he'd have a little bit bigger day with Reed out because he does have such a red zone option. But, of course, Kelly got both of their scoring opportunities, and he was the one that converted him. Uh, Cousins didn't really throw the passes too much. Uh, It doesn't change how I feel about Josh Doxson a whole lot. I think uh, they're going to start to open things up for him a little bit more as they get uh, softer secondaries to play with. Now, Seattle was playing without Earl Thomas. Turns out to be a huge factor in the secondary because Cousins, like you said, a good real football day. He was able to move the ball enough to get them in a position to succeed and ultimately win this game, steal a a road win in Seattle, which is is, is quite the impressive feat. Um, Yeah, I agree. And Kirk Cousins, again, can't wait for him to sign the largest contract in
1: NFL history in a few months. It's going to be great. It's Um, coming. Yeah. Um, Chiefs Cowboys, that Tyree Kill tight end before touchdown before halftime was insane.
2: Yeah that that was it was a very very well designed play and just the way he put the moves on was excellent. Yeah I mean, I don't know how the Cowboys gave that up. Because you were in tell, the right defense I You could tell that well I mean you could tell okay so here's what what I thought they were they were played so far back way further than Alex Smith can throw it so you know Andy Reid must have seen something on film that you know suggests that they're just going to play that far back and it, you know if you get Tyree killed the ball in the open field like that with a couple of lead blockers it's basically a punt return and we all know that he's got more than a chance in that and uh yeah I didn't think that was uh defended well at all actually uh and, and that was a pretty big mistake there on Dallas's part but the Cowboys were still able to persevere and win this game Dak Prescott looking good again had another nice fantasy day Ezekiel Elliott what could and maybe is likely to be his last game scores 93 and a touchdown. So, uh, amazing by Tyree kill, but, but, but not quite enough in the end.
1: All right. So, um, by the way, uh, speaking of Ezekiel Elliott, uh, our, our friend wrote friend, wrote uh, is Mark Stopa, who, who is an attorney mm-hmm. was on Twitter yesterday morning. I happened to read a conversation he was having with some people about Zeke and, and essentially, cause I, I, what I felt like I talked to three or four people yesterday. I was at a, I was at a party during the day watching games And, you know, talking to, I think it was my wife last night and everybody going, oh, what's going to happen this week with Ezekiel Elliott? Someone's going to suspend him again. He's going to get unsuspended and blah, blah, blah. And Stopa, actually, if you follow him on Twitter, he kind of explained that, you know, that last week was sort of, it wasn't a a reversal. It was, it reminded us that it was a delay, right? It was an administrative delay. Mm -hmm. And said, and and the Second Circuit Court of Appeals is going to probably decide this week on Elliott's status. And the thing is, if they decide against him, it sounds like he doesn't have anywhere else to go, that this yes. is not just an appeal, 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 that after at this point, if, he, if this appeal loses that, that's that. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could yeah. if you have Ezekiel Elliott, don't be tricked into thinking that he's going to be able to keep appealing this, because it sounds like if, if he loses a decision this week and we don't know that he will. But if he does, it, this might be game over.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up uh, Stope on Twitter because I caught, caught some of those things too. And and he mentioned that you know maybe that they were trying to work out a deal. And, and another tweet that he you know our legal guy had was that you know if you're trying to work out a deal, that means you you think you might lose. You know you don't quite have the same amount of confidence that you did going in. And you're right, this decision is going to be pretty final. So fantasy owners are looking like they might get burned in the worst way possible. You took Ezekiel Elliott on draft day, hoping that he'd be back to help you in the playoffs. Now you get him all year with a pretty good chance that he doesn't help you in the playoffs. Now, of course, stay tuned to roadwire.com all week long. We'll have the latest for you <laughs> as it happens, because you never really, really know in this situation. Um, I you know, I kept getting alerts on my Yahoo leagues. It said Alfred Morris has been dropped in fifty one thousand leagues. I was like, Oh boy, am I not going to do that because uh, because I think that the suspension might be forthcoming and, and Morris would be would be the top guy. All
1: right. Um the other thing in this game was so funny. I got this tweet yesterday morning from a guy who said, "Is there any?" Re-? He said, "I have Terrence Williams and Cole Beasley. Which one would you start if you had to?" And I wrote back <laughs> to the guy, like, "Are you kidding me? That these are your options?" <laughs> I, I'm yeah. sorry. I probably he asked who had the upside, and I said probably mm-hmm. Williams. But I would hate to have that choice because they're two bad options. So Cole Beasley goes four yeah. for 24 with two touchdowns, and Terrence Williams goes nine for 141.
2: Yeah, that if I got that question on social media this week, I'd have probably said, hey, is Josh Doxson available or something along (laughs) those lines? (laughs) You know, Um, but, you know, part of the story here is uh, Des Bryant emerged from the game with a sprained ankle, So that'll be another one to monitor practice participation throughout the week. Who would have thought that Des Bryant would be the third highest scoring fantasy pass catching option this week? But but that was the case, given Beasley's touchdowns and and Williams uh, big play ability. So keep an eye on Des Bryant this week for sure. Yeah,
1: um, I mean, I know, again, we're going to talk about uh, free agents on our Tuesday, you and me, but.
2: Terrence Williams called Beasley. Nah. Right? Nah. They a uh- it, they would be one-game fill-ins if Des didn't play. I think they would be reasonable. Let me just quick see who they've got on the schedule. They're, they're at Atlanta. Atlanta, right. So so they're indoors in, in a favorable environment for uh, some of those players to succeed. So they would be one-game plug-and-plays, not guys you spend double-digit fab dollars on. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely go into that more tomorrow. But it's all going to be very contingent on the status of Des Bryant, who if it is just a sprained ankle, he could be back out there.
1: All right. Um, the Sunday night game. Raiders-Dolphins. I kind of thought that the Dolphins might sneak away with this one. Um, The Kenyan-Drake-Damian-Williams thing. Drake 37 snaps to Williams' 30. Drake ran better, 9 for 69 versus Williams 7 for 14. They both caught six passes. This seems like a pretty straight timeshare thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, it very much does. I was thinking early because we had called Drake as the guy to own uh, moving because I think he was going to be more of the lead back guy with Williams getting more PPR action. But both guys were targeted six times. So, so somewhat equivalent, um, you know, in that sense, Drake did lose a fumble, but it didn't really affect his playing time the rest of the way out. And they trusted him to get the ball when they needed that two-point conversion at the end. And he just muscled the ball into the end zone. So even with this bad offensive line that's in the bottom five and run block blocking, um, I think that uh, you know that there's utility from all of them. I don't know if I would look to start Damian Williams in a non-PPR league because most of his value comes, comes from PPR. I guess he would have still got a little over 10 points in a non-PPR this week. But right. I, I think we had the, that breakdown right.
1: Yeah, I think spark. we do
2: Um By the way, these guys
1: are playing at Carolina next Monday night. Uh, tough run defense, I think. I, I hope you have better options is where I want to go with that. Um, mm-hmm. The other guy I want to talk about in this game, Jared Cook. This, I mean, we kind of, I know I have. I have dismissed Jared Cook because for so many years we were waiting on Jared Cook to be good. You know, we would say, this, mm. this is the year. This is the, Jared Cook's going to break out for me. You know, when he was with Tennessee sure. and he was with the Rams. And this is the year I'm going to get the big year from Jared Cook. This mm. year, you, you might be finally getting the year from Jared I mean, Now he's, he was a, had a huge night Sunday. Eight for 126. Um, for the season, nine games. He got 39 catches for 499 yards. So he is on pace not for, I mean, what was he 50? five yards a game or so, which should get him close to a thousand. He's, he's on pace for probably 70 catches. I mean, he's not getting in the end zone much, but, but this is, you know, this is not too bad.
2: No, No, not, not one bit. And you see some of these pass catching options for Derek Carr. Amari Cooper had another couple of drops tonight. You know, Michael Crabtree dropped a critical, critical conversion opportunity that hit him in the hands. And then you have Jared cook that caught eight of his nine targets. Now, if you're Derek Carr, and you're going through your reads, and this continues to be a pattern with your other guys, you're going to start looking to the more reliable guy more often. And in a year where tight end production is so elusive, I think someone like Jared Cook could approach tight end one status. You know, all that is is top 12. And I think that's very reasonable the rest of the year. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, otherwise, in this game, I mean, Mark Cooper was just kind of OK.
2: Um, Lynch- we could hit we could hit Devontae Parker for the Dolphins. I know we skipped over him, but, yeah. uh, you know, five for 76 yards, eight targets. He was tied with Julius Thomas for the team high, one more than Jarvis Landry. Had an amazing one-handed catch. I mean, it yep. was very similar to the Odell Beckham catch in, in in a sense where he reached back and got full extension, hauled it in with one hand, managed to get a knee down while securing the ball. I was very impressed with that, and I think we're going to see Cutler going to him a little bit more moving forward. I think you're probably right. I think Devontae Parker as sort of a top uh 25 ish wide receiver is not is not a stretch Nope, right? not at all no I, I had a bet a yardage bet not reception bet with uh, Devontae parker and jarvis landry and i took parker in this bet the uh, losers got to wear a, a cutler jersey to the draft next year Wow! and and I, I i thought i'm gonna lose it because of the injury and the multi-week absence of parker but uh I think that there's going to be a chance, you know, it's not, it's not a lock just yet that, that Parker could have a couple 200 yard games the rest of the way up. All right. So, so is it a Cutler bears Jersey? It's whatever Cutler Jersey we can find. I'm sure, you know, I could pull a bears one out of the dumpster here in Wisconsin somewhere. I was going to say, if you, if you lose you,
1: you would hate wearing
2: the bears one more than the other ones. Yes. Yes, I would (laughs) very much so. All
1: right. Um, because, and because you're a Packers guy, are you going tonight?
2: Um, no, I'm not going tonight. I'm sticking around, uh, sticking here in Madison to watch the game.
1: Okay. Um, what do you expect? Do you, because of the buy, I kind of have this hunch that we're going to, we're going to see more out of Hunley tonight that, that I wonder if they made some adjustments during the bye week, you know, I mean, the bye week probably came at a good time for them to, to kind of get him ready because last game did not go well. Are you expecting mm-hmm. more out of him?
2: expecting more isn't asking a whole lot because there wasn't much going on. The last game that I went to that, uh, that one in new Orleans, a kind of miserable rainy game there, but uh, um, I'm expecting improvement. Most definitely the fact that he got a full game under his belt, uh, that can only help with those experience and those reps. Um, I'm expecting improvement, but man, I have a really, I would have a really tough time picking my Packers to win tonight. Uh, I I know the lions are, are are three and four and they haven't exactly been okay. It's going to come down in my opinion to how well Matt Stafford plays. Now the Packers, You know, obviously it takes a Rodgers injury to be two point home dogs. That's pretty insane. Um, But it's going to come down to Matt Stafford and how he's able to, to, to perform and can consistently move with the ball in Green Bay. So that, that's what it's going to come down to. Because you know what we're going to get out of Hundley? You know, maybe a couple scoring drives here and there. You know, I don't see the Packers scoring too much more than like 24 points. The over-under on this game is 43. And that'd be one where I'd be tempted to take the under. Uh, but it's going to come down to Matt Stafford playing on the road and and his ability to lead the team back against the secondary. Now, the Packers, the bye week, finally got them healthy. Their offensive linemen should be good to go. Uh, their defense is nearing full strength as well. Um, of course Rogers, the one big exception to that, but, uh, the, you know, before the Rodgers injury, they were one of the most injured teams in the league as far as key players going down. So, uh, the fact that their offensive line is going to be healthy, getting better. I bet you Aaron Jones has a pretty big game, uh, tonight. Uh, but overall it's going to, it's going to be a very close game and it's going to come down to Stafford getting the ball in one of the final possessions. Can he convert or not? All
1: right. So, you know, the game that, that, that list and Erickson play on the, on Monday of, you know, this is what I have left tonight. What are my chances to win? Hmm. Um, I have – you're going to do it for me. I am down 24 in a PPR league, and I have TJ Jones. What are my chances to win, Jake?
2: TJ, TJ Jones for the Lions? Yes. The receiver? Okay, I thought you were trying to say Aaron Jones. What nope. are your chances to win? Oh, man, like 1.5%? One
0: <laughs> one5 that's it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't see that. Um, here's mine. You know, I think I mentioned this earlier, but I'm against Jordy Nelson, full PPR, 22-point lead. I think you're probably safe. Mm-hmm. With what confidence level? Oh, what con-
1: oh yeah. The chances, I, I think that there's a 25 to 30 that Jordy beats you. Mm-hmm. That's it. And that might be a little high. Because Jordy, to get yeah. 22, you'd have to probably go six for 100 with a touchdown or five for 100 if you have a 100-point bonus, something like that.
2: Yeah. So, hey, hey. With Rodgers, I think it'd be about a 50-50 coin toss. But right now, you know, oh, yeah. those odds in half. Yeah, exactly. But um, all right. But you're going to be rooting hard for your Packers even though you're not going. So that's good. Absolutely. Of course. All right. Well, um, they got to get a couple wins to make Rodgers return relevant at the end of the year. Yes, they absolutely do. These home games are as as good of a chance as any to get those couple of wins.
1: Yep. All right. Everybody listeners to this podcast can get a free 10 day Rotowire trial. Rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card needed. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site and lets you keep up with Ezekiel Elliott. Certainly check it out now rotowire.com slash pod. Um, so this week, you've got podcast with me on Tuesday to talk about free agents. You've got a Facebook Live Q&A later that day to talk about free agents. What else you got going on?
2: That's all, you know, that's all, uh, it's pretty much football here for the rest of the way out. Of course, college basketball um, opens up uh in within the next week here this weekend coming up so i've got that going on of course Uh, football and hoops pretty much Uh, you know the big ufc event that happened on saturday ufc 217 was great but the ufc also has an event every single weekend throughout the rest of 2017 so i'll be staying in tune to the fight game as well so uh man fights hoops and football sounds like an okay gig
1: every weekend including christmas weekend
2: uh yes i believe so wow that's they might be overseas. Yeah, they might be overseas or You know, maybe that could be the one. No, but I'm pretty sure I saw that they're going to do every weekend. So they're going all over the place and they've got two more pay-per-views in December. They always load it up, have a big New Year's Eve card that's still waiting on a main event. Maybe we get to see some Conor McGregor action.
1: We will see. Nice. Seen. That sounds good. All right. Um, everybody, if you like this podcast, we would appreciate it if you leave a review, a review and a rating. You've been doing that a lot lately and we really uh, we, we thank you a lot for it. Thanks for listening to this edition of the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. Our next episode is going to be coming on Tuesday. Jake and I are going to talk about free agency. You should pick up, so you're going to want to check that out. For Jake Litarski, I'm John Halpin. See you next time.
3: The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing, but you know better.